0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: This episode is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Introducing DirecTV Stream, the best of live TV and on demand, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. So whether you want to catch the game live or watch the latest blockbuster, they've got you covered. And there's no annual contract. DirecTV Stream, get your TV together at directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet and compatible device. Content varies by package and location. Restrictions apply.
2: all right welcome to another episode of the walking up podcast brought to you by blue wire hustle i am francisco joined by my co-host todd and wendy on today's episode we are joined by brian Kushmall, pitcher for the milwaukee milkman if you have not subscribed yet please press that subscribe button wherever you find your podcast like and subscribe thank you for your support todd wendy how are y'all doing tonight
3: I'm doing really well. It's a beautiful Friday junior over here in Colorado. Uh, Looking Mm -hmm. forward to a nice weekend, nice matchup, uh, Brewers against Giants. So, yeah, doing great.
1: I'm doing fantastic as well. Uh, My weekend started today, and four day weekends are are always a good thing. I'm actually up in Green Bay right now, did Packers training camp today, hung out at uh, practice and then the Green Bay Distillery. Did some work over there with Game On Wisconsin. So uh now I'm I'm hanging out in my luxurious hotel room, uh hanging out with you guys. Yeah,
2: give us give a quick plug to your your other podcast as well and uh let us let everyone know what what else you do because I know you have a couple different
1: projects yes. that
2: you are working on.
1: Yeah, for sure. So we've got uh Lombardi's Bar just started season two. Um, so you can find them. Give me a follow at the Todd V. I always tweet out whenever that is, but that's uh, a live show that we do over on Game On Wisconsin every Wednesday night at 7.30 Lambo time. And then this week, we also just launched uh, On Brand and Off Topic. You can follow that podcast at On Brand, Off Topic on Twitter, uh, Instagram. So give us a follow. Check that one out. That one's a little bit more broad. And um, if you're going to listen to it at work, have headphones.
3: <laughs> Definitely headphones. Yeah.
2: Yeah, well, I, I definitely took a listen. I enjoy it. I uh, I know you guys had a little bit of a hiatus between your last podcast between you, Jimmy, and Aaron. Um, so I'm glad to see that that podcast is back and I guess uh, wilder than ever. I guess it's fair to say. Uh,
1: yeah, I think it's still kind of the same. We had to take a hiatus. We we're waiting for Jimmy's wife to have my kids. So um, sure. she she finally had a baby boy for us. So he's he's able to to jump back on and and do some podcasts in between taking care of my kids.
2: Yeah, and speaking of kids, my wife were waiting any day for our our oh, baby girl nice. to be born. Yeah, oh, so, Francisco. so yeah,
3: exciting. so there may
2: be a podcast or two that I would not be on in the next week or two. But uh yeah, I'm not really concerned. I feel like you guys would be able to hold it down pretty well without me. But yeah so baby watch for us as well we're waiting uh for that moment so my two kids my boys they're excited to have a baby sister and as as are we so anytime now, yeah yeah one more brewers fan one more Mm -hmm. fan of everything that i support only thinking milwaukee's will be the brewers but (laughs) that's neither here nor there um i gotta get her a little raider jersey (laughs) Oh, (laughs) let's jump into a little bit of baseball talk look taking a look around the league and around the diamond seeing what's going on um covid that has really taken a hit and a toll on this brewers team this season already a season that i feel like the brewers have been injured a lot we have a lot of players on the il what are your guys's concerns about the covid list because the latest one was eric Lauer. And the COVID list is including Josh Hader, Cousins, uh, Yandel Gustav, Hunter Strickland, Christian Yelich, uh, I think Keston Hira as well. Um, and some of them have already had the vaccine, which is a whole nother topic. Like how how concerned are you for that? Others on the team may get it as well. Like level of concern. I'll start with you, Todd. What are, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, I don't have a ton of concern. I think the nice thing, you know, most of them are uh, vaccinated, so they are able, you know, to to deal with more mild symptoms. Uh, I would assume they're still getting some work and at least keeping a little bit of conditioning um, Mm -hmm. as best they can. I'd rather be going through this now at the beginning of August than the end of August going into September. Um, Let this go through the clubhouse now, get it out of the way. And then run through it. I mean, you you'd never want to deal with it. Um, but if your team's going to, I think right now is a better time. Um, it's nice that it's kind of sticking to the pitchers outside of Yelich. Um, we haven't had any other position players infected uh, other than Keston Hira. But with his travel lately being sent down, it, it's kind of hard to say. So uh, it's been a few days since we've had a positive one on the, the position player side. Hopefully, they've had an internal talk about, Hey guys, let's, we remember how it was last year. Let's try to get back to that. We can't, you know, go out and do whatever we want to. We kind of have to dial back if we really want to make a push this year. Um, So hopefully they, they kind of rein it in and, and the guys take it serious.
3: Yeah. I, I feel like this season has been kind of the brewers facing every type of adversity possible. Um, and somehow we've managed to come through it on the other side, you know, first place seven and a half games ahead in the division. So, you know, I, I am a little nervous. You never want to have, you know, a number of your guys out. Um, But kind of what Todd was saying, I think, you know, the way that council has managed it and, you know, kind of restructured the team in a way that kind of accounts for those missing players, those key pieces. Um, and we've been playing so well, even without them. Um, so it's encouraging to see them continue to win ball games, get those, you know, major bats going. Um, we still have our incredible pitching. Um, so, you know, uh, just super grateful for that. And I feel um, like, like Todd said, I, I'm glad that, you know, it happened now. Um, and not later towards the end of you know, the big playoff push. Um, so I think, I think we're going to be okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad that it, like you said, it's happening now and not later on. And I feel like this team is given what's going on so far throughout the season, like you said, injuries and all that, I feel like they're really showing like a toughness mentally, especially and physically given all the adversity they've faced so far. And to their credit, they're playing really good baseball. Uh, and all season they've had people come up from AAA, whether or even free agent additions, and they just kind of slip slid right in and fit right in, and they do really well with this team for however long they're being they're on the team and they're playing well. Um, what are your thoughts, though? Are you concerned about uh, our bullpen in the next short term? I guess when we're facing the Giants as well as um, the next upcoming series with so many on the uh on the covet list
3: you know i think the last couple games uh i I did get more nervous than usual i think it hit me when norris was up there and you know he just wasn't consistently uh you know throwing those strikes and and getting those players out um you know and and i think you know, a lot of our relievers are still very new. Um, so they're still getting used to the, the guy, especially the guys that we just picked up. So they're still getting used to, you know, our team, the clubhouse, the way that things are, you know, being run um, in Milwaukee. And I'm going to, you know, give them the grace to get to the, you know, position where they can handle it. Um, I think, you know, with uh guys like Suter who have really stepped up, he had what he got his 10th. Uh, win the other night, which is incredible. Um, That worry is there, but I think that we are a team now, at least that can get through it. Um, And, you know, we continue to kind of prove that on the ball field. So, um, you know, I I think it's just something that we're going to have to continue to work through.
1: Yeah. It's, it's definitely not as comfortable having the guys you're used to in there. I think one of the nice things is you're letting a guy like Boxberger get Mm -hmm. some, some high pressure situations, kind of throwing Curtis and Norris out into the fire right off the bat um, to, to get them acquainted and see, you know what they look like in some of those high leverage situations that they probably won't be pitching in a ton um, when everyone's healthy, but knowing that they can step in and, and do the job is definitely nice.
2: Yeah. And also Devin Williams, he picked up his first save and we won't see him closing. But in the playoffs, there's a good chance if, you know, we're not going to have Hader going back to back to back games. There's a good chance we may have him come in and close or other relievers, like you said, who may not typically get that position. They're giving that experience now, which is definitely um, exciting to see and see how they like you said, they're thrown right into the fire and. The results may not be exactly what we want to see right now, but both of the pitchers that they got um, from the Tigers as well as as the Marlins, I feel like they're going to be eventually they're going to settle in and kind of find their role with this team. And I think the numbers are going to go back to kind of how they were um, prior to being traded to to the Brewers. But speaking of people who have been traded to the Brewers, I really want to... uh, uh, give a little bit of love and attention here to Rowdy Tellez. Um He homeward again for the Brewers, his fifth game yeah, games. games. Uh, I know uh, he's he's been playing really well. What are your thoughts on what he's done so far, Wendy?
3: I am so excited about Rowdy. I think, like, <laughs> he's just my uh, – <laughs> he's my bogey point too. Um, he's just got that big personality. And I, he did an interview with Sophia after the game, uh, yesterday. And he was talking about how just the instant he arrives at AmFam, he was greeted, you know, by our fans and he felt like he was instantly at home, which is so cool. Like, I think that's, um, one of the biggest things that any player wants to feel is that instant connection. And, you know, to be on a team where you want to win, you want to produce those results for your fans. Um, I think that fire is definitely in him, much like Adamas, um, and, and Escobar. Um, I think they're kind of the, the three dream team for me right now. Uh, I just love watching them play. Um, but yeah, Rowdy has been solid. He has been hitting so well. Um, I really like him at first base. I, I feel like he's definitely picking up a lot of the slack that has been lacking um, with, you know, the issues that we had with Hira and with Bogey. So it's, it's a comfort. It's a big weight that feels like it's been lifted off our backs. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see him continue to explode out there.
1: Yeah, and I think for me, it's nice. You know, the game yesterday you got two on a chance to to really break it open and we get what we're expecting from a first baseman, you know, watching that at bat when it was here or Vokey, you're going, all right, well this inning's over, mm-hmm. you know, go, go grab a snack, <laughs> get something to drink, walk in the backyard and scream at the clouds, whatever you got to do. Um, but having a guy like Rowdy in there, the way he's been playing that you kind of go, okay, yeah, we're, we're in it. This is fine. Let's let's get the lead here. And sure enough, that's what he did. Parked it up in the bleachers in right field. So it's nice getting some of the production you expect out of first base um, and for it not to be an automatic out, especially now that we also don't have an automatic out at third base, um, which again, early in the season was the, an issue over there. So um, getting some production from the infield, I, it's it's a foreign idea. I, I don't know this feeling. But I love it. I love it.
2: Yeah, let's, let's talk about what Eduardo Escobar has done so far since he's been on the Brewers. He's batting two eighty six. He has <clears throat> two home runs, six RBIs, and only uh, 21 at-bats. But it's been a small sample size. But what he's doing is what he's been doing all season for Arizona. He is a very professional hitter that's what he does and yep. the fact that we're looking at this lineup now and you look at his his batting average it's it's 286 with the brewers and overall on the season it's 248 but you're not seeing any of these 209 with a ton of strikeouts like these guys are professional hitters and same thing with rowdy Telez. like even when he wasn't playing as well or as consistently he he always was able to get on base that's kind of been something he's good at since he came up with Toronto that he w- he would get his walks, he would get on base. Uh, he didn't strike out as much as others and like just looking at what he's done, even Willie Adamas, and how we finally look at our lineup and it's so much more deeper than when it the first the season first started and yeah. that's exciting to see because heading into a playoff series and even this series against the Giants, they have I think the second or first or second best ERA in baseball. They're top five in almost every pitching category. They're gonna, we're gonna see top of the line pitching this weekend, and it's gonna be a good test to see how this because the Brewers have been rolling offensively, so this is gonna be a good test to see how they perform against like top of the line pitching. And Rowdy Teles, he's been doing well. Uh, Eduardo Escobar, he's been doing well. We already know with Willie Adams what he's been doing it's it's really incredible that all these moves though some of them at the time may have seemed small are really playing a big role for this 2021 Brewers team
1: yeah I I it it hit me right away um when we got Escobar and I think I sent you guys a message like what what does this starting lineup look like you know what Mm -hmm. what are we what are we thinking here um and as I was going through, kind of, you know, putting it down on paper, and I was like, "Well, I don't want, I don't want Narvaez is that low? Well, okay, but you can't drop Rowdy. Well, okay, well, you want Escobar?" And I was like, all of a sudden, I'm like, like, you know, seven, eight, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> "What? I'm, I'm having debates about moving our seven hitter up."
3: Mm-hmm. Right. This is Pretty incredible great problem to have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Never yeah. did I ever think. That uh, if, if I could tell my past self that this would be the lineup um, that we would have, you know, no Yelly, uh, just some of the <laughs> the changes that we've seen and the position that we are right now because of it. It's just mind blowing. Mind blowing.
2: Yeah. And Roddy Tellez has been a game changer for the Brewers. And we just look at what he did his when he first came up with the Blue Jays. He had a ton of home runs in the second season with the Jays, Shortened season last year. He had a really good batting average, really good on base, but the home runs kind of took a dip. And this season, they were they were really hoping he would put it all together, right? But he didn't. They have Vlad Junior at first base now, so they had no spot for him. The yep. Brewers and their front office saw something. They said, you know what? We can really utilize him in a way that maybe he wasn't getting u- utilized in Toronto. And it's been it's been really uh, it just shows you how smart this front office is. And how good they are. Um, he's in 21 games and 64 plate appearances with the Brewers. He's batting 340, two doubles, five home runs, 16 RBIs. He's barreling up balls uh, at a big uh, better percentage than he did last season. Everything he, he's doing is just really, really exciting to see. And I don't know if he can keep this up. But if he, if he can, he has a potential to be somebody we can really count on in this final month or two of baseball season and heading into the playoffs because we don't right now, the Brewers don't have that bat. Adamus has been it.
4: Uh,
2: Yelich was it, but we don't really have that one person who can really just, you look at the lineup and every opposing pitcher really has to game plan for that one specific person. Um, So I think, I don't know if that's going to be him, but if he can do that, if he can keep up the pace that he's batting right now, that just makes his whole lineup so much more scarier. And if we can get Christian Gellich back the way he was. Yeah. yeah that's just well, icing on the cake.
1: And, we, and we've talked about getting Gellich protection in this lineup, right? Like yeah. he hasn't had anybody hitting behind him since 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think having a guy like Eduardo Escobar behind him, who's got a guy like Telez behind him, um, that that's only going to help Christian get better pitches. Cause as you can see with his on base percentage, he's still getting his walks. He's still getting on. It's just, he's not getting those balls to drive. And I think uh, a guy in Christian's situation kind of forces him to expand his zone a little bit more um, and, and swing at pitches, put himself in a hole swinging at pitches that he normally wouldn't uh, when he's locked in. So I, I think that'll help him out immensely right there. I, I also, Giving credit to David Stearns uh, and Matt Arnold on this too. To Les, when he was brought in, the number of comments that I saw throughout the interwebs mm-hmm. say, stating, oh, great, another guy that hits you know, 225 and strikes out 30% of the time. And it seems to be working out. All right. Uh, same thing when Adamus came over. Everybody was, you know, who is this bum? He can't hit all the other stuff that that goes along with it. And that's worked out. All right. Um, the, the people that still can't get on the, the David Stearns and Matt Arnold train that these guys actually know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and, and do it very well. It, it just baffles me that it's, it's almost like they're cheering for their team to lose so that they can be mad. um, It it, it's just, it's off the wall. Uh, But hats off to these guys. You see them do it with with bullpen arms year in and year out as well. Bring a guy up, bring a guy in, and they just figure it out. Um, So again, kudos to the front office. Francisco, you mentioned it. These guys are just rocking and rolling. I don't think any of us in mid-May thought that we would be in this position uh, come this time of year.
2: Yeah, they might be uh, up for manager of the year, also front uh, general manager of the year, whatever those awards are. I feel like this front office has done, yeah. just given like the injuries and all the 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 payroll kind of. We don't have that big market where we can go and trade for uh, you know a shortstop from uh, from the Nationals and Trey uh, Trey Turner or even Max Scherzer who didn't even want to play here, is from what the rumors were how you know they said our geographic location really didn't play in our favor i think that just kind of given how everything is working out like our team is productive our team is really good like there's a we'll be in the playoffs we'll have a chance to win a a world series this year and uh it's just crazy how this whole season shifted from the the beginning of the year uh to before we traded for adamas how we were we were losing every game and under 500 and now we're chasing the cubs and now we're even seven games above the the reds and i just think i love that's the whole part about baseball the season that really i i enjoy it's just although it's you know gray now but just the ups and the downs of the whole season uh, the emotional roller coaster i guess as it is but yeah it's part of the whole package and why why we love the game too but yeah it's it's exciting to see what this team is doing
1: yeah, yeah. i Oh go, go ahead, ahead. No, no, you, you got it, you got it. Paper, uh,
3: I, I was just thinking the other day to how you know there uh it's I almost feel more comfortable when we're losing, uh, because there's nothing to get your hopes up over. And, you know, now the the stage is so much bigger, so much greater, and we have so much farther to fall. Um, and I'm not going to let my head get into that space because we are doing so well and that would be discrediting our team. Um, so I'm, I'm going to ride this ride until, you know, the very end and, um, just continue to cheer these guys on because they're doing incredible, amazing things out there.
1: You know, we just talked about, Uh, how great the front office has been doing. Should we talk about a really bad move that they made um, and all that they gave up for John Axford only to come in and get injured after 22 pitches?
3: God, poor Axford.
1: It It was almost therapeutic, and it felt really just it, it was like a, a pinnacle of Axford's career just coming yeah. to an end right there I mean I I don't think I'm alone in assuming that that was his last time on a major league mound uh, but I think to come back to do it in Milwaukee it would have been great to see him you know get a one two three inning unfortunately that's not how it went Uh, and then he got hurt but I think for him to just be back out in front of that crowd get that warm welcome back because I, when he fell off, he fell off fast, yeah. and you know didn't didn't leave here as a, a fan favorite. So it was nice to see him get back in there. Uh, I tweeted out the note um, the night that he yeah. lost his streak, and just had to leave a note for the press because his wife went into labor. <laughs> you know, and it's it's things like that that you just kind of you know good to have him back. Enjoy the the good memories, and and then you know unfortunately, all right, see you later.
2: Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. he went to Oakland not too long after that. A couple seasons later, I think he was there for two, maybe two and a half seasons with Oakland. And he wasn't he wasn't as productive there. I think they tried to make him a closer at one point, and that just didn't work out. Um, do you know how much he was traded for?
1: Dollar.
2: A dollar. That's that's either uh, <laughs> I, I don't even know how. That's to... more than
1: you guys could trade me for, probably. <laughs> how does how would that make
2: you much? Feel, but being a major leaguer and. You know, oh, you got traded. Oh, you know how much? But,
1: <laughs> cash considerations. Don't yeah, yeah. yeah. So an Arizona,
2: yeah. Arizona iced tea from Seven Eleven. That's dollar. <laughs> That's all you were trading for. Um, but yeah, so they were able to trade him from Toronto. Uh, although the trade deadline has passed, um, he wasn't on their forty-man roster, so um, there is that exception. So the Brewers definitely took advantage of that. And like you said, it was good to see him see him back in the in the uniform yeah he had some really high highs with this team and some lows as well but just kind of going full circle and having him come back and pitching and uh then to have it all and so soon especially just his first game back in there you, you have to feel for him his family um but you know kudos to him for for putting it back on and coming back here and i don't know what his future holds i don't know did he announce he was retiring or not i'm assuming he
1: he didn't, but they said it's a pretty severe elbow injury, um, yeah. which I would assume means he's probably done um, at 39 years old. That's yeah. th- that's tough to bounce back from. Um, I think I, I don't know that this actually would have happened had COVID not been ripping through our bullpen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was obviously a move. They needed somebody that was going to be able to pitch immediately and wasn't going to cost them anything because they knew they wouldn't be on this roster for very long. Um, so I think getting John Axford for a dollar, come in, see if you can catch lightning in a bottle and a great feel good story uh, down the stretch. And if not, you're out a yeah. dollar. Like, you know, I, I'm sure there were better arms available on minor league contracts, but at that point, who are you giving up for a person that you're probably not going to have around very long?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. And, I was, like you said, COVID kind of played a big part in this. I was surprised they didn't call up an Ashby or somebody from the minor leagues to come up and try to pitch. I know they did make a trade for a pitcher who was designated for assignment, or I guess they signed him from from the Dodgers. He played on a couple different teams, and I don't know if that shows you the confidence that they don't have in their minor league pitching or... I I don't know what, what, how do you look into that Seeing that they traded for somebody and or signed somebody, I guess. And, and you, like you said, Todd, he's probably not going to be on this team long-term. It's just a a quick fix. Um, But they didn't go to the minor leagues and pull up somebody or promote somebody.
0: Pick a number between one and 10, whatever it is, it isn't high enough for the number of subscriptions you have, including all the ones you've forgotten about. Because most people have an average of about eight subscriptions. So introducing Truebill, the app that gives you the power to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash BlueWire. Look, I subscribe to everything. And I always forget after the free trial is over to cancel, so I was stuck with subscriptions for services I didn't even use anymore. And Truebill saved me a ton of money. Go right now. Truebill.com slash BlueWire. It could save you thousands a year. Get an effortless breakdown of your finances to see where your money is going and how to improve. Truebill.com slash BlueWire.
1: I think this... This front office in the organization does a really good job at, at putting, especially pitchers, um, putting them on a program and letting them see it through. Uh, I I would assume, you know, Ashby is one of the few that's available to to be that they would consider, you know, ready to be brought up. I don't think you're going to see uh, Ethan Small in a situation like this. Um I would assume part of it was also not wanting to bring a guy up that they were going to be sending back down and have the potential of him coming up, bumping, you know, into guys that that are contracting it and then going back down to the minors uh, and potentially taking it there with them. Hmm.
2: That's fair. Um, Sal Romano is that the pitcher who they traded for or signed and he was on the Yankees, Cincinnati, as well as Toronto this season. So this is his fourth team. Uh, he started. He's been a reliever. Um, the numbers aren't as pretty, but I mean, as a stopgap, it's what it's not. You know, it's what you expect from that. But Todd, why don't you go ahead and introduce um, our guest? Kind of let them know who let them know who he is, and uh, you know what's what they can expect.
1: Absolutely. Uh, joining us here, we've got Ryan Kuschmal of the Milwaukee Milkmen, uh, and numerous other leagues around the globe. Uh, Ryan, how are you doing tonight, man?
4: Good. How are you guys? Fantastic. Good, you
1: guys? Fantastic. Oh, nice to you meet you, Ryan.
4: Me? I, I left my headphones on the bus. It's been a wild 18-hour uh, bus trip. So oh.
2: Yeah, we can. No hear worries.
3: You. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah. You said you're up in Canada now
4: yeah we're in uh Winnipeg Canada They just opened up the border for us so it's been a it's been a crazy pretty crazy road trip
2: yeah the blue Jays are back too in their yeah. in their home stadium yeah. so glad to see the borders between the two uh, countries are opening up so we can see baseball again because I know blue the blue Jays haven't seen their team in since 2019 and
4: yeah.
2: uh, they have a fun team to watch so yeah it's exciting so what are you doing over there in Canada?
4: So, I play in the American Association. Um, Winnipeg is part of that uh, league. Uh, they haven't been home since 2019 as well. They were actually um, using Jackson, Tennessee's stadium, which used to be A affiliated with uh, the Mariners. Um, their stadium is vacant, so they had been like renting it. And uh, now that they were able to come back, they wanted to. So, basically, Everything is kind of going in their favor. None of us knew that we'd have to go to Canada this year. So half of our team is here. So we actually have a lot of, we're using like borrowed players. which It's going to be a weird situation, but it's to help them out with um, the money that they've lost, obviously, in the last um, year and a half or what it's been. So um, that's what we're doing.
1: That's awesome, Ryan. One one question that we always kind of start our guests off with um, is, "How did you get into baseball?" Um, I, I, I know personally, uh, you and I were playing against each other back when we were, you know, early teens. Um, so you've been obviously playing for quite a while. What what got you started with baseball?
4: Um, what got me started, honestly. I didn't even know what sports was as a kid, but when you're in school and and the gym teachers saying, Hey, sign up for this, sign up for that, try out for this. I was just a free bird. So I was wanted to to be a wrestler. I wanted to be a baseball player. I wanted to be a basketball player. I just honestly at that age was just making friends, you know, so got into the whole baseball thing because of that, you know, it was, um, and then I became good at it. (laughs) So, um, <clears throat> didn't really have um parents that were, you know, lovers of uh baseball or anything. It was just something that naturally came um in my direction and I guess I was uh uh lucky enough to have parents that were somewhat good at sports or or somewhat athletic to pass pass that on to me. So um just had a lot of good coaches throughout the years to to get me to this point.
1: That's awesome.
3: Do you have – I know um, a lot of players have – they build connections with certain coaches, and I think they draw a lot of inspiration and kind of get that push in the right direction. Do you have any – or did you have any coaches like that growing up? Yes. That kind of
4: – Yeah. I mean, like I said, I wouldn't be where I am at if it wasn't for a lot of the, the coaches I had, you know, because I didn't do travel ball. I didn't I, – you know, Todd and I come from rural Wisconsin, very small – um we we didn't really have that to you know uh, that offer to us. So um a lot of the coaches were obviously, you know, kids' parents, you know. So and a lot of when we're pretty, you know, pretty good coaches as far as, you know, when it started in Little League, um, Dan Brace and Jim Berhaska, those kind of guys. Um the one that really turned the table was when I was in high school, Rick Place. Took over for an old coach, and he really got it all started for me, and kind of like, because he was connected with the Brewers. So his his son um, Isaiah, uh, his godfather was Davey Nelson. Uh, oh wow! The first base coach for the Brewers for a long time, correct? Yeah. And yep. he did, yeah. and then he did the TV and all that. So that kind of helped me, you know, just kind of planting the seed because. From coming from a small area, you don't really get exposed as much as being from, you know, Texas, Florida, wherever it might be, you know, where you can play year-round. So there's tons, you know, college, good and bad, good and bad coaches. You know, you learn from the from both. You know, mm-hmm. obviously you don't want to have bad coaches, but <laughs> it, it, it happens. Yeah. Else. So, yeah, so there's too many to be <laughs> to mention, but. I'd hate not to say their names to <laughs> credit, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Did you always want to be a pitcher or did you have another position as, as a kid that you enjoyed playing and maybe you just, or and when did you decide, you know what, I'm, I'm better at pitching than maybe shortstop? or. Third well, base?
4: as a kid, you really, I mean, even in high school, you, I don't know. I'm kind of, you kind of oblivious to the situation. You know, you're like, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to play two positions. Right. You know, I'm, you that's just being an athlete, that's being a competitor, you know. I played center field, I batted cleanup, you know, I pitched. You know, I I played different mul- multiple positions. But then when you get to college, <laughs> it all changes because everything is you know, even I would say like before I say I went to college in 05. So like in the 90s, you would have probably more two-way players than you would when it started getting where everyone just had one specific, you know, position. Um, and then I was just strictly a, a starting pitcher. You know, it's funny because then as the time went along, it started trickling down. Now I'm throwing seven innings and then it went to um, th- only throwing three and then I'm throwing two and then I'm just a one inning guy. So <laughs> you know, like I was doing it all to specializing to just be in a one inning guy. And it's just like, that's hard because there's a lot of downtime, but it's just like any other job too. You know, you become a specialist, a heart specialist, or, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. when it comes in the real world, they specialize in one subject and that makes them, you know, an expert and, you know, same thing with baseball, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't compare it to being a doctor though.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What's the, what's the preparation like, or the, the difference in preparation, I guess, from being, you know, a starting pitcher that's going, you know, seven innings deeper into games, to that one-inning specialist out of the bullpen. Obviously, with a starter, you know what days you're, you're going to be pitching. And as a, uh, you know, specialist reliever, you're, you're not really sure when that's going to, to happen for you.
4: Yeah. Um, the, the way I kind of – I mean, as, as a starter, um, I put in a lot of work. You know, I studied hitters. I, you know, we're lucky enough in this, this time period where you can actually watch video and really understand hitters and, and know how to pitch them. Um, And if they're a good hitter, they, you know, they'll change their approach for you. You know, what you're good at doing, you know, I'm a sinker guy. Like I throw hard, you know, hard sinkers in, and you'll see hitters move their feet. You know, if they're not good enough to stay where they usually stay because they can't get their hands in, you know, they'll create some more space so they can get their hands in to get to that pitch. You know, those are things that I have to recognize as a starter because I'm gonna face guys three times, four times for the order possibly, you know. So they get better every time through if they're good hitters, you know, and most are good hitters, you know, depending on what level of, you know, play you're you're playing at. Um, I've obviously you know, I I never made it to the big leagues, made it as high as Triple A, but I've played a lot of really good players in the Dominican or Venezuela. I've played eleven years in wear ball. So as far as like preparing Um, starting is a lot harder, but the great thing is you do, you get those four or five days off to prepare, to get your body back in order and to really know who you're going to face if they're hot, you know, how are they hitting in the last 10 days? There's just a lot of things to look at. I really depend on, um, getting into, um, getting right out there because they can change their approach based, you know, based off who you are. And I watch their feet. I watch their swings, how how they're, you know, the first time through, I really get a good idea what they're, you know, and then, then it turns into poker, you know, and sometimes they're bluffing you. They're setting you up for that one at bat. All they got to do is go one for four with a three run bomb and three yard, you know.
1: Yeah.
4: And that's all, that's their job, depending on where they're at in the order, you know. So it's getting very, it's, it's a lot of fun because it's very technical now. It never used to be like that back in the day. So now you really got to put in your work because it's becoming harder to become a professional baseball player. You know, only what 20 rounds in the draft. Um, they got rid of 50 minor league teams. So it's going to become really, really, really hard to become a professional baseball player. So you really got to put in the work to to understand how it works on the inside.
3: Kind of to that point, there have been a lot of changes in professional baseball. A lot of that has to do with making it more relevant to younger audiences, speeding up the game, things like that. How do you feel about those changes? Are there any that you're like, oh God, no, like what are they doing?
4: Oh, well, (laughs) I love the game of baseball, right? I love the game of the baseball the way that it is. Um, That's not saying that there shouldn't be change because there's always going to be change. Right. I'm very old school minded. I love how, you know, I'm a Pete Rose guy. I love how Pete Rose played the game, Charlie hustle and just that era of just hard nosed. All right. You fight, shake hands. It's game. You know, or we got it out of our system. Now it's guys are a little bit softer. You know, it is what it is. I'm going to say it. Guys are soft. And, but as far as like changes and pays of play and all that stuff, I mean, I played in the Atlantic League. They just moved back the mound a foot, right? And that's been conflict for the last two years. I left the league in nineteen to go play in Mexico because I was like, I'm not going to put my, not only my career but my health in jeopardy, knowing that I could possibly get hurt, and they're not going to be responsible for paying for my surgery, right? Just because they're sanctioned and under the MLB doesn't mean that the MLB is going to be responsible for paying for my surgery. There's a lot of loopholes, a lot of different rules and whatnot. And a lot of guys are putting themselves in positions that it's like, okay, what are we going to do? And they, they said, if they left that they'd be blackballed. They couldn't play anywhere in the United States or Canada. If they left the league, they had, so basically they're like, well, I guess we're stuck. We have to go on with this experiment. And in nineteen, you could steal first. They made the bags bigger. There's robot umpires in that league, so I'm I'm very aware of change. The I don't think it'll ever make it to the MLB it with the players' union and players not, you know, in, in ownership. You know, granted, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's a tough one. <laughs> I don't know if you heard about banana ball down in Georgia. Too. Banana ball?
3: Why is yeah, no? <laughs>
4: That? i don't know if you saw there's like a, a video on the internet where a guy announces his name he comes out he's now batting blah, and he's got the, yeah, the savannah bananas it's, <laughs> and he, that's amazing he announces his name and comes to the bat and then throws the microphone so they're basically <laughs> making that league into an entertainment like basically come and watch our show yeah doing everything outside of the box of unwritten rules and it's Pretty wild. So, as far as like changes and whatnot, I'm not opposed, right? I like the different, I like seeing exit velocity. I like seeing spin rate. I like all that stuff. You're going to have to buy like old guys, whatever. That's why a lot of the guys are leaving the game, these old coaches, right? Because they're not willing to adapt and change because they like, you know, it, it's going to be a process, but it's eventually going to get there. When? I don't know when, but we'll see what happens.
1: Speaking of uh unwritten rules, we're all fairly familiar with, you know, the ones that we see in the MLB, pretty standard around here. Uh you mentioned, you know, playing winter ball down in, in Latin America. What are what are some of the unwritten rules down there that we don't see a lot of up here? <laughs>
4: um Honestly, it's this. It all right. So why I love winter ball so much is because they haven't really changed much. It's like the good. It's good, solid baseball without the changes. Right, guys are all playing the way that it was taught to be played. Um, as far as like unwritten rules, they have adapted to how the MLB is enforced. You know what I mean? That's why there's so many Venezuelans, so many Dominicans, a lot of those guys that play in, in the United States, Canada, because they have adapted to the way that we, uh, we play baseball. Now, Mexico, Mexico is a different story. They want their own league. They're trying their hardest to have their own league, kind of like Japan or Korea, um, let's see here, there's 10 winter ball teams and I think 16 or I think 18 summer ball teams now. So they're trying to combine all those teams together because there's two separate leagues, two separate presidents. They kind of don't get along with each other and whatever, but the president of Mexico is trying to get that league to be like an MLB, to have 30 teams and travel, you know, all over Mexico and have it that way. Um, So I think that's why they haven't adapted to the way that the MLB is in the United States because they kind of want it their way. Um, And that's why you don't see many Mexican MLB players because they play a little bit different. They have different mindset, different, different rules, different ways of going about things. Um, As far as the unwritten rules, like unwritten, unwritten rules, um, That'd be for another time. Yeah. <laughs> that would be when I retire. You can talk to me 10 years I need now. the tea, Ryan.
3: I need the tea. <laughs> <laughs> you can talk
4: to me when I'm 70 years old or something. Deal. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um,
1: we were, you know, kind of going through um, the leagues, different leagues that you play in. How did you kind of transition, you know, around the draft Um, you know, what was that time like for you? And then the, the other thing too, that, that Francisco and I were talking about earlier is being in the minor leagues, you know, we just had the trade deadline and this year, I think there was 56 trades made last week, Mm -hmm. which is insane. And some of the names that you saw, you know, moving around were, were big names, but there's a lot of guys that, you don't necessarily hear about other than that little blip that says, "Oh, this person also went in the deal." Mm-hmm. Uh, what's it like, um, you know, around draft time, and then again um, shortly after that, you know, when they have the the trade deadline and the minors, when guys don't know, you know, where they're going to be tomorrow, when their name's going to get called.
4: Um. So what you're asking is, like, when the draft happens, like, am I going to get released because this guy's going to come up and take my spot kind of concept of the draft? Oh, I, I,
1: think, I think more when you were going through the draft, um, that, that process, and then, um, you know, kind of jumping into to professional ball.
4: Right. Um, well, my story's just very, very different. So I started off an in independent ball. So I didn't get drafted. I ended up getting drafted my freshman year in college, but didn't sign. It was the last year's draft and follow. Could have signed, but decided to go division one, played division one baseball. They didn't match my scholarship. So I was like, I'm gonna go get my education. Um as far as I signed in 2010 with the White Sox as a free agent out of Indie Ball, right? So I was coming in taking somebody else's job. I took a second rounder's job that got paid, you know, bonkers monies. Um, as far as, you know, the whole draft and, you know, being involved in trades, all that stuff is out of our control. Um, it's hard not to get caught up in it, especially nowadays with social media, Facebook, whatever it might be, guys talking in the bullpen, guys talking in the locker room. Hey, did you hear this? Oh, the coordinator's in town. This guy's in town, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you keep seeing more of them and you kind of like, okay, something's up, you know? Somebody here is probably going somewhere, but you you have to, with all your power and all your might, n- ignore that because it's out of your control. All you can control is what you can do out there on the mound or in the batter's box. As hard as that is, you know, for example, um, I was involved in a trade where my name was in the mix of the Jeff Samarja trade in 2000 and.
2: To the Oakland A's? Uh,
4: he he came to the White Sox at the trade deadline. And we traded one of our – we traded Josh Fegley to the A's. Yeah, it was the A's. Marcus Simeon, yeah. Simeon went there. Um, uh, Rivelo, Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett went there. It was like a five-guy trade. And I was supposed to be like the fifth guy. I was supposed to be in that trade, um, which – i wish i would have, <laughs> would have been would have kind of changed things or made my career a little bit different but you know that's that's just the name of the game i'm very grateful for where i've where i've gotten in my career so but that's just how it goes it's the luck of the draw i mean i got lucky just getting signed you know getting an opportunity to come to go and play with the white Sox and and climb the ladder like i did you know like i i I wasn't an asset. You know, I wasn't a guy that had a number by his name. I was a guy that literally my baseball guard says I was a bargain on the back of my baseball card. My first tops card says the White Sox scored a bargain in Cushwall. So I had that next to my name for (laughs) a long time. You know, I was knocking on the door for a good amount of time and, you know, it was just things happen, you know, but like I said, get back to the question. That stuff's out of your control, and you got to do your best in your, you know, your ability just to to not get caught up in it. Because the guys that do are the guys that don't make it, and I've seen that personally firsthand.
1: Yeah, um, Francisco, Wendy, any other questions for Ryan? I've got, I've got yeah. one left.
2: I want to know, Ryan. You said you knew Todd for a while now. Give, yeah. us, a good, give us a good Todd story from back, <laughs> back to playing and ball you know, or.
1: The only ones Ryan has about me taking him yards, so it's not. Oh.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, let us, let us know. Um, hey, everyone, give fine. us some good that's stories
4: fine. here. <laughs> that's 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 what he has. I mean, I, I'm sure I struck him out at least 59 times before he got me yard, but, I mean, it's okay. It's, hey, it's not it
1: it's that one. It's that one. Okay, it might have been a little league home run, but That's still, I think it was probably yeah. at our high
4: school field. We had a snow fence that was like two sixty at left field, so okay.
1: And a and a light pole in, in left center in field. Play. Yeah, a, white, a light pole. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, with like some bubble wrap wrapped around yep. it at bubble the bottom.
4: Wrap and padding right around the, the oh yep. my
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's. There's a lot of a lot of nice baseball fields in Southwest Wisconsin that are ruined by the football fields that are ran through them. Unfortunately. Yep. Um, Ryan, my last question for you. Uh, you mentioned you know you've got some stories of the unwritten rules to to talk about when you're seventy. When you're seventy, what's a career highlight that you're looking back, going, that's that's the one that I that I'll hold on to.
4: Uh. That's tough, man. I I have so many, so many good memories from baseball. Um I don't know, did I tell you I'm retiring after this year? Uh
1: yeah, I saw that you, right. you well, you hinted at it on your yeah milkman post. I
4: could pull a Favre or a Jordan. I mean, I don't know. I you know I, but I'm I'm ready. I'm just looking for a, a job. <laughs> Hopefully something <laughs> comes comes along and it's a good time to find a job. Let's put it that way. Um Oh, man, so many good memories. I mean, professionally, just or just baseball in general.
1: Just baseball in general is, is I think, perfect.
4: Oh, man, I don't know. I mean, i give you a few. I mean, just all the years that I've spent down in Venezuela. Um, I've spent seven or eight seasons down there playing. Um, it's like, it's my second home. Um, all the the you know the friends i've made down there i mean it's the news doesn't you know it just says things that just doesn't make any sense like it's it's not what's happening down there you know and i i feel for the people you know and it's just it's just a great time down there i've met i mean you name you name all the big leaguers in venezuela they know who i am and i know who they are so um i was lucky enough to play for Caracas. So Caracas and Maglianes are the, the the Red Sox and Yankees of Venezuela. Hmm. So when they play each other, it's, it's intense. I mean, we're talking like throwing cherry bombs out on the field and fans going crazy, like lights getting flicked off because, you know, turning the lights off, turning them back on, you know, like it's just wild. I was lucky enough to be able to play in the playoffs. It's early on in my career, when it really made me appreciate baseball more, and I always tell everybody this story, and I think it's always always the one that comes up in my mind, and it's not even like spectacularly, but in my mind it is. So, I was in a situation, bases loaded, full count, we're up one run, and there's thirty thousand screaming fans, and it's it's not even it's like thirty thousand, but it's more like a half a million. Like you can't hear yourself, you can't hear yourself think. Your legs are shaking. You have nothing. Like, they're sucking the energy out of you. Um, I believe it was Paul Orlando that I was facing. Um, anyways, I had nothing behind it, and he ends up hitting it all the way. I thought he hit it out. I thought he hit a grand slam, but my left fielder came up and jumped off the wall like a griffy catch and caught it and got the third out, and then he got, like, beer bottles and, and rocks thrown <laughs> at him, and, <laughs> oh <my laughs> and I got out of the jam. And that was, that was like, that was my first year in Venezuela. And that made me really appreciate baseball more. And like, no wonder they're so good at the MLB level. Cause they're, they're prepared. They, they get put in the toughest situations at the earliest ages in Venezuela. Uh, granted, it's not like that anymore. Like they can't, people can't really afford to go to games now. But at that time I was lucky enough to be able to absorb 30,000 screaming people um yelling at me and saying things that you know can't be said. <laughs> <laughs> um um yeah. That's a big memory because the year before I ended up making it to the World Series. I've made it to two Caribbean World Series, which is very uncommon for uh an American. I've played for Puerto Rico and Mexico. Never got a chance to do in Venezuela. I wish they would have. Maybe I get a chance and go down there this this winter. Cause I'm planning on hanging them up this, this summer, but then going somewhere this winter and then having hopefully something lined up for 2022. Um, we could go on and on. I could talk about memories like taking Var- Varney yard three times in the same
1: game.
3: That's <laughs> three times. Oh man. Yeah. That,
1: that's, that's when I wasn't a pitcher. <laughs>
2: So you're saying he's not Hayo's honey.
1: Hey, fourth grade is fourth
4: grade. It doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> not- <laughs> yeah. He had his coaches out there that snow fence he was talking about, they'd move it in when they were up. <laughs> so
4: that's exactly what happened. Yeah, It's <laughs> awesome. We both uh, have our versions. He believe he remembers the way he wants to remember, and I remember the yeah. way I want
1: to remember.
2: We believe you, Ryan. We know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah, well, well, I would, yeah, we I would take his word for it too over mine. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome, Ryan. Well, we appreciate you jumping on with us, man, and taking yeah. some time. Uh, we we definitely love to have you back on sometime. Uh, good luck the rest of the way with the milkman here this season. And uh, hopefully, I can get out there and catch a game when you guys are back in town.
4: Yeah, let me know. Um, I get tickets, so don't absolutely, be man. Don't be afraid to take me up if you're in the Milwaukee area. Come and hit me awesome. up, and I'll get you some tickets.
1: Sounds good, my man. Thank you very All much. Right. No All problem. Right, Thanks Talk for having you, you guys. You bet. Bye.
2: All right, Mr. Todd, Ta, taking him deep, huh? I don't. Oh, I don't. Yawning. I don't know that I
1: did, but. <laughs> <laughs> you played he it off so he didn't deny it. He didn't, he didn't deny, deny it. All. So I guess I did. There's <laughs> uh, a good
2: there's a good chance. Well that I, I enjoyed that. I feel like
1: yeah. anytime we
2: can talk to somebody who's been there, done that, like we've talked to the minor leaguers, uh, and just getting into that mindset of how he was almost involved in a big trade between uh two teams. The Jeff Samarja trade, I remember I was actually living in in the Bay at that time. That was a big deal. Oakland had was kind of That was, I think, after 2015, they lost the wild card game, and they were pretty much selling everybody. They gave Josh Donaldson to the Blue Jays. Um, That trade, they got Josh Fagley, who became an all-star, Marcus Simeon, who became an all-star third. He was an all-star this year, and MVP finalist a couple years ago. And just the fact that he was almost thrown into that trade where all these players involved have had productive careers. It's just crazy how, you know it's all out of his hands and and it's kind of uh, i guess it's kind of eye opening and maybe just to put it in perspective just to kind of maybe look at them at as you know as they're actually you know human beings who have emotions and uh, ups and downs and it's, it's just it's just a, a good experience to be able to talk to these people who you realize are just like you and i um just normal individuals
1: yeah absolutely especially a guy you know like ryan like you said we didn't have travel ball um ryan and i played against each other in football and basketball as well growing up you know we were you you just kind of played all the sports um and and for him to not have that that pedigree that you see you know so many uh organizations kind of covet now um to to come up and and then get there it's It's cool to see him. He's actually exactly one year younger than me. We have the same birthday. Um, So it's cool to see somebody from that area. That's my age. That's still out there collecting a paycheck, playing ball. I mean, that's, you know, I, I always tell people that that would be the hardest decision, you know, deciding to, to stop playing ball when you're getting paid for it. I, I, I don't know that I'd be able to make that call. Uh, and, And it doesn't sound like he's fully committed to making that call either. Like, I'm going to hang them up this summer and then I'll probably, you know, try to go to play. (laughs) Maybe there'll be something lined up next summer. I don't blame
3: them. I do
1: not blame them. No,
2: (laughs) no. Well, let's, let's just take a quick peek at this upcoming series. Like uh, I mentioned earlier, it's going to be playoff like atmosphere when we face the giants who have a really good rotation. Um, Similar to the Brewers, they they match up really well rotation wise. I think if you look at all the numbers and statistics, uh, the Brewers and the Giants are really neck and neck in a majority of them, sometimes for a second, sometimes in the top three, I would say uh, the only difference is between these two teams is is that the Giants lead baseball with 164 home runs compared to the Brewers. They are 17th in the league at 131. Um, But I mean, if you look at. Pitching wise, I mean, I think this is going to be a good test for the starters. I think it's going to be a great test for the offense. How do they match up against elite pitching? Because this is what we're going to see in the playoffs. Like, there's a good chance we meet this team in in the second round of the playoffs, and it's going to be really good for confidence if this team can take two or three um, and really, you know, show MLB in general and all the national media that this team. In Milwaukee is not a team that just to be overlooked when you think of the great teams in the National League.
1: Yeah. I think when you look at this, you know, I mean, you've got uh, Burns and Webb going at it uh, tomorrow on the mound. Burns has the slight edge uh, on ERA at a 246. Webb's got a 3.33, which, you know, I mean, to have a 3.33 and you're going against another guy who's got almost a, a whole run on you in his ERA. Uh, seems unfair at this point in the season for a, a guy having that kind of year. Um, what I've seen is uh, they're still – the Giants are still TBD uh, for a starter on Saturday. The Brewers are going to go with Brandon Woodruff. Um, so uh, it's nice, especially having a, a weakened bullpen right now, to be able to trot out those two guys in uh, Burns and Woodruff, and and at least know you're going to have a chance. Um, and then moving into Sunday, uh, Johnny Cueto and a th- his 3.83 three ERA going up against Brett Anderson at a 3.67, um, which, again, I, I, I'm i just going to keep saying it every time he pitches. We don't know which Brett Anderson we're going to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it is it the good one or the bad one? We've seen a lot of the good one lately, which – Makes me very nervous that (laughs) we might be due to see that bad one again. Uh, But, you know, Johnny Cueto, uh, talk about a guy that's pitched forever, it seems like. Um, You know, he's had, he he was in Cincinnati for quite a while, uh, and he's had a whole second career now, it seems like, in San Francisco. I think the guy's 42 or 43 uh, or older, but actually, he's probably only like, 34 in baseball years which is mm-hmm. insane um but that'll be a, a fun matchup i think on sunday as well
2: yeah it's going to be a good test for this team like i said uh just to see how they perform offensively how our pitching staff can handle a team that's leading the, all of baseball in home runs they just have a really good team which is surprising because the last couple of seasons they haven't been good and the 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 word and the you know on the local radio and the talk shows there is are they going to trade Posey? Is this over? Is this it for Brandon Crawford? Is Brandon Bell done? Evan Longoria has, you know, is he done playing? Or is he, his good days are over. And then if you look at what's driving this team, it's been Buster Posey, Evan Longoria, Buzz, uh, Brandon Bell, Brandon Crawford is one of the better shortstops in baseball this season. Uh, it's just surprising to see, but it, it's good to see. I feel like uh, having having more having the Giants good in baseball is always fun just because it kind of gives another team in the West to compete against the Dodgers as well as the, uh, the Padres. Well,
3: and I think too, right now, one of the biggest storylines in baseball is the battle of the West. You know, we've Mm -hmm. got the Giants, we've got the Dodgers and the Padres who are all just battling it out. And, you know, we did really well against the Padres. Um, So if we take two out of three against the Giants this weekend, I think, That is going to be huge for us. Um, You know, like you guys said, a good indication of what playoffs might be like and just a huge ego, not ego boost, uh, mood mood boost.
2: Yeah, confidence booster for sure. Confidence boost, yeah. They swept the Padres. They took two or three from the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. And now if we can take two or three or even sweep, but I'll be happy with two, kind of like we talked about with the Padres, just be competitive uh, heading into that series and then look what happened. But uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's going to be a...
1: Okay. Yeah. And I, I think too, I mean, one thing to remember going into this is that bullpen is still beat up, yeah. you know? So even, even if we lose two or three in this series, um, and it's, it's the bullpen that, that hurts at the end, that's nothing I'm going to be concerned with. You know, I mean, sure. A loss is a loss, but we've talked about this team having the lead that it does and having the ability to uh, rest some guys. Unfortunately now they're getting that rest via COVID. Um, but you know able to to kind of move guys around and and if we take a, an extra loss because the bullpen's just not there right now that's nothing that i'm going to look at as you know a confident shaker um yeah. you know going down the stretch but going back to what you were saying about these giants um you know i mentioned cueto's getting up there uh the guys you mentioned are all getting up there let's remember that everybody when you're talking about the lakers super team okay <laughs> Guys can be old and still be productive. Yeah, thanks, uh, You're seeing you're seeing it out in San Francisco with with these guys, so don't don't doubt LeBron.
2: You know we are a big basketball pod. Huge. That's I special. everybody
1: anybody who's big followed me guy knows guy. I'm a big basketball guy. <laughs> yeah, bucks and six.
3: Oh, look at that! <laughs>
1: Doesn't even fit over my headphones. What decade is that, yeah, decade's that from? What?
2: that that would be 2018
3: you're still oh. living that
1: far in the past my man Come the on. year we went to five
2: <laughs> five straight finals it's all right the books will get there eventually i think you know i doubt it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah well let's let's go ahead and uh wrap this episode up it was always good talking baseball with you guys and kind of recapping everything that's going on uh as always thank you for listening to the podcast we're presented by blue wire hustle thanks uh Please take a moment to subscribe, like, review. We are available on all podcast platforms as well as YouTube. And uh, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. And we'll talk to you guys uh, Monday morning.
1: Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family.